1: Welcome to On Boys Parenting Podcast, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net and Janet Allison, founder of BoysAlive.com.
0: We start out on this parenting journey thinking everything's going to be great. Rainbows and unicorns and, well, often, Typically, things don't go as planned. That's what our guest today encountered as she raised her two children. And like so many thought leaders that we talk with, she took up the challenge she was faced with and turned it into something that would help others. Stay tuned for our conversation about how to turn lemons into lemonade. After this message, Janet here from Boys Alive. Are you like many parents who long to have deep, meaningful conversations with your son? Instead, you're met with one-word answers or no answers at all. I have created the Boy Talk Blueprint to be your step-by-step guide to creating the atmosphere and choosing the words to have those boy-friendly conversations. You don't have to dread that next Silent car ride, or stop walking around on eggshells. You must be the safe harbor for your son. And when you learn the three essential elements that you need to create the atmosphere that allows these conversations to happen, you'll soon find that you're having the short, easy conversations, and you're also having those tough ones too. It's the Boy Talk Blueprint. Go to boysalive.com, click on the yellow banner, and you'll soon be on your way to having boy friendly conversations with your son. That's the Boy Talk Blueprint. Find it at boysalive.com and click on the yellow banner.
1: And now on boys.
0: You know, we set out on this parenting journey, imagining unicorns and rainbows, and, well, we know it doesn't typically go as planned. That's what our guest today encountered as she raised her two children. And like so many thought leaders that we talk with, she took up the challenge that she was faced with and turned it into something that would help others. During elementary school, her daughter and son began suffering from chronic illnesses and frequent bouts of anxiety. Coping with the growing list of illnesses and special needs became a struggle, one that began to impact their entire household. Add in ADHD, OCD, sensory processing, chronic fatigue, depression, hallucination, suicidal ideation, and Lyme disease, and we were talking as we, as we came on the show of, you know, everybody has stuff and our guest has a lot of stuff along with just the usual of uh, raising growing kids. But one day her daughter said, I'll be happy if my mom is happy. And that was the turning point for our guest. She is a Thrive Guide and host of the Very Happy Stories podcast. And we're so excited to welcome you. Hi, Liza.
2: Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be on your podcast.
0: It's great to have you here. You know, I what I love about your podcast, especially Very Happy Stories, is that we know that stories are our most primal, most ancient way of sharing information and getting to that heart level. And It's so much more than just imparting facts, which you totally could have gone down that road of, oh, here's everything I know about OCD and raising kids. And I'm so curious why you chose stories.
2: Yes. Thank you. Such a great question. I, like you, I believe that nothing can connect you with another person better than storytelling. Storytelling comes from the most authentic place. And more than that, when we talk about all of our stuff, the ADHD, the depression, the anxiety, you know, you have a tendency as a mom to kind of put up the protective barrier and isolate a bit, Mm. you know, for whatever reason shame, judgment, all that
0: stuff. Overwhelm, fear, overwhelm, all the fear. Things.
2: When you share your story with just one person, you're helping other people just bring down that wall. You're, you know, you're providing validation, community. And that is why I wanted to go the storytelling route because there are a lot of resources, thank God, that we can turn to for behavioral plans and anxiety programs. And there's a lot out there Where, where I feel that I was missing, that I wanted to contribute to was the place of empowerment for the care, the mom, the the mm-hmm. dad, but you know, a lot goes to the mom cause you are, mm-hmm. you know, the heart of the home in a lot of times, and, and you're doing, a, you know some special work in these early years. And so I really wanted to speak to empowerment and the first step is just not feeling alone and hearing other people's stories. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, as a boy mom, that was what ended up striking me at first When we start experiencing challenges in our families, whatever our specific challenges are, we often feel like we're the only ones. And we assume it's because I am a bad parent, or my kid is a bad kid, or there's something wrong with my kid. That's where our heads go first. But the more I learned, the more I started realizing that I am not the only parent of boys having these issues. Actually, more people are having uh, this problem, getting phone calls from school, a kid who uh, is losing out on recess time because he can't sit in a seat. Like It's happening to more people than not. And if we don't share our stories, we don't even know that. We're just isolated in our own homes and our own silos struggling, which is not at all an empowered place to be.
2: Exactly. And, and it's so interesting that you saw that with covid you saw that mm. isolation cuts off like you are not connected you're losing mm-hmm. connectivity mm-hmm. and so it's the same principle when you're not when you're going through these really challenging times with your son it's actually the time to be connected it can be it, really it's hard so,
1: so hard, hard. yeah so hard that's my next question for you because it's easy to say share your stories yep But so often the stories that are shared are sanitized and social media has not helped any of this at all. We all have the right to choose what we share, what we don't share. We are respectful of our kids' needs and privacy and that all plays into it. But how do you, how did you go from a sanitized version of my family story to I'm going to get real and I'm going to share And I think in doing that, that likely then encourages others to be a little more real and authentic.
2: Yeah, it was so hard. I have to say through the journey with my kids, I've really evolved to being just as open as I can be. And that has helped my kids, but I did really just follow my intuition that it was, I'm a writer. I've been journaling for years. That's, and I know which one of you is the writer too. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you Jennifer, know what else is funny? All, before, yeah. Yeah. Before you got on, Janet was just talking about, I really need to sit down with my journal. You know, we are all journalists. We're all
0: writers, journalists. We all yeah.
1: use words to make sense yes. of the world.
2: Yeah, That's how I process. And all, I was like, all I really need to do is go through my journal. And share these stories. I'm not even reworking the wheel. It's just ripping off the band aid to share these stories that my son was nine years old and I had to put him in a partial hospitalization program because he was fantasizing about jumping off something. You know, mm-hmm. it's these terrible, terrible stories that are so real. It was really hard to do. But what it made me do is get over my fear of shame and judgment, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: because I know that I needed to serve other moms and parents and be of service. This is such an important time right now. And so who am I to let my shame, my fear of shame and judgment stop me? So, I mean, I know that's kind of like a really broad answer to your question, but I really was so motivated and I really felt a calling to just share my journals, my journal mm-hmm. entries, really is how mm-hmm. it started. And I'm a very verbal person too. And um I listened to a couple of podcasts and I naively thought like I'll just start a podcast. <laughs> like how hard can that be? <laughs> oh, we can relate to <laughs> that. We'll just start not? a podcast. <laughs> um And it was definitely so much harder than I thought it could ever be, but I love it. It's like, it's so important to me. And as moms, we do need to fill ourselves with something meaningful for us to keep Mm -hmm. us going, to, Mm -hmm. to balance out. This is a creative outlet for me. And you need, you need to keep driving your creativity. Like our boys do too, right? Mine's a builder. Mm -hmm. He's in seventh grade, still loves the Legos. And we got it, we got to get our creative juices flowing. So it was very self-serving too, but -hmm. at the same time, I, I really want to, um, to be of service to other moms. Yeah. I'm still get over that shame.
0: I'm curious. I, I like to always go back like to the beginning when, you know, when, when the. Rainbows and unicorns maybe started to disappear on the horizon and there was a little inkling of trouble. I'm thinking of all of our listeners out there with young kids. Your kids are now in their teens. What can you say to them when there's just maybe just the beginning? Maybe they've maybe they've had a call from school, or maybe grandma has said indicated something. Talk about that kind of very foggy place of like. Maybe listening to your own gut, your own intuition that, hmm, something, something here. Speak to those mamas that are out there that are maybe just in that vague, formative, something's going on here place. I
2: love the word you used that you're kind of in the fog. And that's, that is it. And you have to get out of the fog. And what was happening to me was when I would see these moments of like my son's behavior, or, you know, I, I actually got the talking to, um, when he was three, even like the, the parent pull aside, you know, um, and I was really shutting down by shock I, the shock value was kind of hitting me and I was definitely going through a couple of years of being paralyzed by fear. And so to, to the moms that are going through that right now, that's, it's kind of like a big defense mechanism to just bury your Mm -hmm. head in the sand. Cause like, if you don't see it, it, maybe it's not really happening, Mm -hmm. but I would say that the best thing to do is gain some clarity out of that fog. And the way to gain clarity is just really start diving into the self-care because you really need at this, at these moments in time, trusting your gut requires you to be in the present moment, have the awareness to step into that present moment. It doesn't even mean you have to do anything. Mm -hmm. You just have to be present. Mm -hmm. because your intuition will start taking over. But you can't tap into your intuition when you've got your head buried in the sand or you're looking the other way, which is a very common thing to do as a defense mechanism to the fear. Mm -hmm.
1: I want to go back a little bit to that the shame and the fear and the denial, because I think we need to tear apart the story that we tell ourselves, that's not always acknowledged, but is embedded throughout our society, which is, if I am a good parent, all will be well with my kids. This is this unconscious narrative that we all seem to have. Like if I do all the things right, if I do what's in my, what to expect when you're expecting book, if I follow the advice in parents' magazines, if I love my child, all will be well. That's not true. This is like the biggest lie we have all been sold. And I run into this all the time, even with teenagers now, parents who feel like they're doing it wrong because their kid is struggling with um, school or a relationship or addiction. I know a lot of good parents. I know you're a good parent. And all these good parents Communally, we have dealt with children with severe mental health issues. We have dealt with hospitalization, suicide attempts, um, substance use. All of these things, you can be a good parent and have significant challenges. So I think we have to change that story straight up and say that.
2: I agree. I agree. And I think there are so many good parents out there, but sometimes we are just running with a playbook. That you just discussed mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. running with a playbook for whatever reason i don't know where i got my playbook but right? i'm running with a playbook probably my mother ingrained it in me who knows that's not the right playbook for my kid it might mm-hmm. be a good playbook for someone else and we have to be willing to like throw that out the door and our sons are our teachers so you got to yes. start listening to the teacher they yeah. are the teacher you are the student it's i really live in this world of inversion
0: Mm-hmm.
2: so much of what we do and think is so inverted. And so we think I'm going to teach my son yes. how to do this and this and this, and he's going to be a student and learn, but it is reversed. They are the teacher. You are the student. So start adapting to your teacher and mm-hmm. listen to what their needs are. Um, cause you're really the guide. That's why I call myself a thrive guide. When I do work with parents to just cut through the chaos and kind of give them like a quick little map with so much going on, you are the guide for your child. You know, you have their, you're their, best, you're their advocate. You're their best guide, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the teacher. I also another inversion that I had just as I speak to inversions is I went a long time preaching that I am so easy. All it takes for me to be happy is for my kids to be happy and healthy. That's all I need in life. Well, that actually um, wasn't the case. My kids were not healthy. They couldn't help it. They were not happy. It was mm-hmm. not their fault. And I kept I took all my energy in making them, trying to make them happy and healthy. And that's where I put all my energy, all my resources and it just made them feel broken. And until my daughter told her therapist that what would make me be happy is if my mom was happy. And I was like, I'm happy, please. (laughs) And I wasn't happy. And so I did have to, it was that defining moment where I had to step back and be like, okay, wait, if, if it's not to make them happy and healthy, what would make me really authentically happy? And it was to share my story, to be of service.
0: As Mother's Day is coming around, I find I'm missing my mom more and more. And there's always questions and stories I wish I had asked her when she was still here. I do remember that I gave her a book once upon a time with questions for her to write the answers to. And bless her heart, she didn't answer very many. So that was really a disappointment. But fast forward to now, and technology. And now we have mylifeinabook.com. It takes all those questions and stories and it puts it in a format that is sent to your person, whoever you designate, on a regular basis so that the prompts come, they're easily answered, either written or voice-to-text. And they're captured by mylifeinabook.com. These family stories, this legacy that you want to leave for your children and your grandchildren. mylifeinabook.com, create an unforgettable gift for your mom, your dad, your children this Mother's Day. Use our coupon code ONBOYS for 10% off. Go to mylifeinabook.com. And use boys for 10% off. Create that legacy. Carry on those stories.
1: We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet. But a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet?
0: There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin.
1: Yeah, and you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin down. Yeah,
0: no. And they taste good and they're sugar free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals.
1: Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melts Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's Try, T-R-Y dot Easy Melts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash on boys.
2: And when that, and when I took the pressure, the energetic pressure off of my kids and put that same amount of energy and resources into myself, there was a huge shift in their health and happiness. Because everybody is responsible for -hmm. their own health and happiness. Yeah. Um, And that was just another big inversion is what's really going to make your kids happy and healthy is to have the mom work on being happy and healthy. Yeah.
0: I love that you said that because I think our kids do feel the pressure of, I've got to make my mom happy. I don't want to disappoint my parents. And it is so much pressure on them. And it's, it's that place too, where you talked about just being in the present, just being with what is, you know, today is a, is a, a day that I am grumpy. Okay. I'm grumpy right now. And that's okay. Could change and it's okay. And I don't have to pretend as a, you know, 10 year old, 12 year old, 14 year old. I don't have to pretend because I want my mom to be happy. It's so much pressure on our kids. Yeah, so true. when we can teach, everyone is in charge of their own happy I mean happiness I'll put that in air quotes, but everyone is in charge of their own mood, of their own uh presence in that moment. And you can't 100%. make your kids be
1: you know, another it's, thing. It's so interesting because I think a lot of us have said the same thing that you said, Liza. You know, I just want my kids to be healthy and happy. And when we say it when we think it we think that we're setting a low bar we think we're setting an attainable bar because you know we're not saying i want my kid to be straight a's i want my kid to go to stanford i want my kid to have uh, an incredibly adventurous and fulfilling life we're not saying those things so we think we're saying something very very doable very reasonable i never really thought before that it's not a reasonable bar I mean healthy so much of that is literally out of our control
2: right and and don't get me wrong like it's still a desire of mine mm-hmm. but I was putting all my energy into making that happen you know what I mean so like mm-hmm. did you not sleep very well last night okay well how many hours of sleep did you get okay so maybe we should try some more magnesium I mean it just it just became so so much pressure because I was not happy. And I literally would preach that that, and so it, you know, and and the worst thing is I would say it to my, I even mentioned it in front of my kids. Maybe I didn't say it to them, but I had said it in their presence to put all your resources and your energy and your focus on making them happy and healthy was, you know, collapsing moment in my
1: household (laughs) you used the word inversion before and i think that's such a great word because in a lot of ways what you're saying makes sense and it is completely counterintuitive to the way most of us are wired because when there is an issue with our children whether the issue is that they didn't sleep well last night or that there is you know a diagnosis or symptoms of anxiety or adhd we go all in and we focus on them. I need to fix this problem. Mm -hmm. I need to help them. How do you make that shift from having that be your singular focus to devoting at least some of that time and energy to yourself?
2: So when I have a moment like that, like I'll give you an example, my daughter is really experiencing a lot of neurological tics. And every time I see this and the words, I I'm having a little moment, right? But as soon as I go to places, like I need to get some referrals for a neurologist. I need to start combing the internet. When I do those things, I'm not being present. Mm. I'm I'm somewhere Mm -hmm. else. So this this the secret is to be present and just keep yourself in the moment. So I might say something like, "How are you feeling today?" And she'd be like, "I'm doing fine." Okay, well then I guess we're fine because and and she's you know, and it it depends. I'm fine could be said in a very like anxious way or could be said like I'm a fine way. (laughs) So but but you don't know. What is how she really is feeling when she says those words, if you're not experiencing the moment with her. So it's all about having the awareness of being present helps keep you honest, I guess, or like keeps you from diverting into fix-it mode. And then you just have enough of those moments where you follow your intuition and, you know, you get those signs along the way of, you know what, I actually need to now start making some appointments. You know, there will be signs along the way when you're present. Like you might see an email blast come through that talks about neurological issues. You might hear a podcast where, like, I can't explain it, but your intuition Will navigate you. But again, it's about getting your head out of the sand, being present, doing the self-care so that you have clarity and you're not running through fog.
0: And I'm gonna say, you know, as you're talking about being with your daughter and she has the the tick, and they're definitely being present in that, but also. I guess acknowledging the pain of that, you know, our children are, are in pain, they're suffering in some way. And so to be able to acknowledge that in the moment of like, this hurts, it hurts to see my kid like this and still be present. Yeah. You know,
2: I have to be honest. I actually compartmentalize that pain when I'm with my children Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of energy to do that. Um, So, you know, I'm very careful where I use my energy, right? So I do take energy to compartmentalize and I go through very deep moments of grief Mm -hmm. where like my daughter and my son have both been through Lyme treatment and mold exposure treatment. And my daughter, it basically what happened is the Lyme and her toxin load had wreaked havoc on her nervous system. So we're Mm -hmm. looking to repair that, Mm -hmm. but I will go through periods of grief and sorrow because you have to. Yeah, And I just compartmentalize and I don't do it in front of my kids, but I will cry in my bed. I will cry in the shower. I will journal my heart out. I will talk to a friend because you do need to process those emotions.
1: I was almost in tears a couple minutes ago, Liza, because, um, when you were talking about your daughter and the ticks and your brain going to, I need to get a referral, I need to do this and the need to, you just back up, be present how are you? I'm fine. She is fine right now. Like maybe I don't need to do something right now. And you use the phrase to talking about self care so that you're not running through the fog. Janet knows I've been dealing with some stuff with, uh, my family and aging parents and holy shit. I've been running through the fog. Yeah. And it's partly, I learned that my family is really good at running around in the fog and not (laughs) so good at, you know, pulling back and here's where we're at right now. And, uh, it's not just true for me. That's true for a lot of people. So how did you start to make a habit of this self-care and this pulling back for most of us, it's going to require changing our patterns. And as we all know, that's one of the hardest things in the world to do. It's hard to not parent the way we were parented. It's hard to not react emotionally the way we saw others react.
2: Right. And right. Yes.
1: I am wiping tears off of my face right now. Oh Listeners. my gosh. I
2: can relate. I mean, I, I cry a lot. I think it's so therapeutic. Truly. I mean, you gotta let, it's like taking the lid off of the boiling pot. Like it's just overflowing and you just got to get it out. I would love to say that I practice so much self-care that I'm just, you know, always <laughs> at peace. And that's just, Total BS. But-
1: Thank you for keeping it real. We <laughs> need
2: that. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome because it's true. But there was a time when. We, before we were diagnosed, my kids both were breaking down um, mentally, physically. Um, my kids were actually home from school before the COVID quarantine, like a month before, because- What Lyme- a trendsetter you are. We're <laughs> <laughs> like the canaries, really. And they both were hallucinating and it was from the Lyme disease. But <sighs> I went through, preceding that time, I went through like a good year and a half of just utter insanity. And I actually speak to this on one of my podcast episodes, and it's about mental endurance. How do you get through these really hard times that seem to last an extra long time? And what I did during this time, because I was still working as a commercial real estate broker. And in fact, during this time with my kids, I actually closed my largest deal, which was a surgical center in the city of Chicago, very high intensity. Yeah. So what I did was the easiest thing, you take breaks, you tap out completely. You don't do it every day. And I took a page out of um, a fitness class I was taking. It's these, they have these HIT classes. They stand for high intensity interval training. Mm -hmm. So when you do these intervals, you go, go, go. They're short. You give it your all. And then you take a break, you grab some water, catch your breath, and then you jump back in. And so the way I sustain myself when I'm going through these periods of crisis is I tap out. So like there was a time I was trying to get my daughter diagnosed for schizophrenia or bipolar. What is happening? It's taken her all all of these evaluations, all of these tests, going to university hospitals. And then I would take a whole week off from anything related to her mental health. Mm. Take a break. And then jump back in because that's how you gain clarity. Then let the fog clear, focus on something else. That's when I would go back to focusing on work. You got to balance it all out because you do have to go the long game with a lot of these things. Mm
1: -hmm. We need to come up with a new term, hit parenting, (laughs) high intensity interval, Interval. high intensity interval parenting. There you go. hip.
2: And it sounds better. Yeah, here you heard it. You heard it, it here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag hip. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, taking those breaks. The other thing that comes to mind when you're saying that is that your child also needs the break. And I'm thinking of my my uh dear almost daughter. Whitney, who had cancer from eighth grade until age 20. And I remember her just laying in bed or sitting in a chair going, stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. Because we would sit around and we would just all be so hyper-focused on her and every movement that she did and every, everything. And she would just say, stop looking at me. She needed a break too. And I yeah. can imagine your daughter needed a break from the evaluations and the questions and the doctors. She just needed to be a kid and Janet, the time. And Janet,
1: think about how often you and I both hear from parents who are frustrated with their sons in school, academic behavior issues, whatever it is, right? Imagine if you just took an entire break from it, didn't yeah. talk about it, didn't deal with it, didn't do anything with it, okay, maybe you feel like you can't afford, and I'm putting air quotes around afford, you can't afford to do that for a full week. Fine. Do it for a day. Mm -hmm. Do it for two days. We parents are so afraid that if we put this down, we're going to drop the ball and our kids are going to suffer as a result. You know, that that, uh, the problems are just going to get worse and worse and worse. But Liza, what I hear you telling us is for one, I mean, the problem is not going to just magically go away. If it does, fantastic. (laughs) But if it's a real issue, you know, if it's a medical problem, uh, it's not going to just go away. And you know what? The truth is, it's not going to get significantly worse in the day or two or the week that you take off. What you may be doing instead, what Liza just told us, you gain some peace and clarity to process what is going on so that you can make good sound decisions in a way you can't when you're running around in the fog.
2: Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And when you have the clarity, you can better go with your intuition
1: Mm -hmm. and that's what you
2: need. You know, when you have kids that have special circumstances, you need to go with your gut and you have to model that too for your kids because they need to start trusting their gut.
1: So in a lot of ways, when we feel like we just need to keep going and going because things are so dire, so urgent, it doesn't matter that I feel tapped out. I feel like I have no energy. I am confused, but I just got to keep going. We need to stop right then stop it may feel counterintuitive especially at first but when everything is saying you got to keep going stop
2: yes yes because you're going in fog Mm -hmm. where's that where's how's that going to serve you how's that working out for you yeah
1: it's a really good point janet jen
2: Yeah. That's what I, I tell a lot of my clients when they tell me like, well, what's your plan now? You know, and they tell me what they're doing. And then you just say, now, how's that working out for you?
0: Yeah. So listeners, you have our permission to tap out as Liza said, just tap out for a day for two days. It's okay. It's okay. Your kids actually probably need you to tap out. Like, stop looking at me, just like Whitney said, just stop looking at me. Yeah. 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 And love me and just be a mom and play with me and talk with me like just regular old folks, you know, just yes. do the mundane, I guess I would say. It's just, yeah. Yeah.
2: What they really need, what I found, because when I went on the podcast Endeavor, things got a little crazy, right? Because, you know, it was a new venture. And what I realized what my kids were missing was they don't need me around to nag them and take care of them. But what they were missing was my presence. What they need is our presence that's the present right that's what they need they don't need us to take care of them with all this other stuff that we do and so that again it all goes back to like when you have clarity then you can give them your presence
1: i know we've said it on the podcast before and we've ha- have had other guests that have said it too like so much of this parenting it's really about us the adults dealing with our stuff and making shifts within ourselves but I don't think we can hear that too often. I think that this continual encouragement that it is not only okay, but healthy and helpful to step back, to take a break and to take care of ourselves. It's invaluable because that story is still not being shared widely enough.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had the story told by you know experts and specialists and and another and you, you know teachers and other parents and I'm telling you what, I mean I had it at the worst of the work well my, I wouldn't say the worst I don't like, who am I to judge my situation it always but... can get worse like <laughs> yes. <You know>, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But like, you know, it, it still, it still applies is what I'm trying to say. It still Mm -hmm. applies Mm -hmm. whether you're dealing with this or that it's the same, it's the same toolkit Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. golly.
0: Yeah. Liza, your, your story, your own personal story is so heartfelt. And I know our listeners have, I hope our listeners have learned that. There is a place to really take care of yourself, to be present with your kids, and that it's okay for things just as they are today. Just, you know, just be in today. So, so important. And we can never have enough reminders of that. And as we started in the beginning talking about stories and the importance of, of telling stories. So tell our listeners where they can hear more stories. More very happy stories. Yes. I mean, I always, so I share
2: um, my personal stories on my podcast, Very Happy Stories. And season one, I just like cracked open that journal and did a bunch of storytelling. And season two, I bring in other inspirational storytellers to talk about, you know, it's basically the gratitude over grievance for, and my pillars are neurodiversity, mental health, and chronic illness. Um, just because that's where we were impacted. So yes, if you're looking for validation, community, inspiration, empowerment, come tune into Very Happy Stories.
0: Found wherever you find your podcasts. And of course, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing your story, Liza.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was such so much fun and such a pleasure to be on.
0: Thanks for joining us. As we said, we do hope that you will tap out, take a break, take care of yourselves. You know, we need you to be the best you can be, and that comes from rest and self-care. Don't forget about the Boy Talk Blueprint. You can create the conditions to have deep, meaningful conversations with your boy. The Boy Talk Blueprint Guides the Way. Go to boysalive.com and click on the yellow banner. Thanks for joining us.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.